Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Well, hello everybody. It's great to to be here. I'll just spotlight myself, and we will kick off. So, I would like you to just bring to mind a time that you tried something new for the first time, some activity, some place that you went that you have never been before. Can you imagine something like that? Now, I want you to just ask yourself this question: What was it that made you try that thing for the first time? Now, the example that comes to my mind is when I went rock climbing. It's not something I'd ever been into before. Uh, It's not something that had ever really occurred to me that I might want to do. But I had nothing against the idea either. It it sounded fine. It just wasn't in my world. It wasn't on my radar. And the first time I went rock climbing, I just moved to London. I'd been there a month or two. And uh, I I met this guy at church called George. And uh, George said to me, like, hey, I'm going rock climbing in the week. Do you fancy coming with me? And uh, I thought about it for a second. And it sounded like a fun activity. Uh, It sounded like a good chance to get to know this guy a bit more as well and develop a friendship. And, And so I went with him. And that is the one and only time in my life I've been rock climbing. But do you see what happened? in that example maybe it was the same in your example too what it needed for me as a non-rock climber to get into the world of rock climbing was for somebody who was into that world to be a bit of a bridge to invite me to bring me along to say hey this is something that i enjoy it's something i love doing it's a place i want to be why don't you come with me and so i did i went along and um and had a good time now the same can be true when it comes to church as well so uh when it comes to people who have never been to church before often all it takes is an invitation often all it takes is somebody who is part of church to say hey i do this would you like to come with me just as rock climbing wasn't on my radar at all before george invited me Well, that's how church is for many people. They uh, don't have it as something that they even think about. Should I go? Shouldn't I go? It's just not a question that they ask. And and that's the power of an invitation. It forms that bridge into somebody's world from something that they haven't been thinking about before. And so as we've been talking about this topic of mission uh, and using mission as a a bit of uh, an acronym, so each letter uh, of mission tells us something that we can do. So we started with having meals together, just like Jesus would often have meals with people. And then I, we talked about interceding, praying for five people. We talked about S, sharing your story, talking about the things God's done in your life. And then the second S was serving other people in practical ways. And today we're on the second of the I's, which is inviting other people along. The power of an invitation, inviting others along, is what we're talking about today. Now, there was a study done a little while ago uh, in America by Lifeway, and they surveyed 15,000 adults who didn't go to church. And they asked them this question. They said, look, if somebody in your family issued you a personal invitation to church, 
would that be effective? Would that be something that might persuade you to go along? And the number of people who said it would be either very effective or somewhat effective in getting them to go to church was 67%. So two thirds of people who didn't go to church said, look, if, I, if a member of my family invited me along, then I'd be at least somewhat likely to go. It'd have a chance. It'd have a shot that I would actually go along to church because of the invitation. Now you might be thinking, okay, well, that's family members. I get why a lot of people would because of their family. But as a neighbor, as a friend, as a colleague, the number's probably a bit lower. And you're right, they are lower. So when it's talking about an invitation from a friend or a neighbor or a colleague, the figure is 63%. So although it's lower, it's not actually that much lower. 63% of people still said an invitation from a friend, colleague, or neighbor would be at least somewhat effective in seeing them go to church. There are a lot of people who don't go to church who are saying actually they'd be receptive to the idea of being invited. They'd be warm to it and they might well come along. And this topic of invitation, this idea of inviting people to church, it reminds me of a story at the start of John's gospel where Andrew meets Jesus and then he, he invites his brother Simon to come and discover Jesus for himself. So I'm going to read to you from the beginning of John's Gospel. It's John chapter 1, and I'll read verses 35 through to 42. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked to him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. This passage is all about a passing on of the good news about Jesus. It started with John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist knew all about who Jesus was. They grew up together as cousins. All, all the prophecies about John related to Jesus. His calling, his whole purpose was to be the forerunner, the one who would prepare people for Jesus's coming. So he knew there was something special about Jesus. And he had some disciples, which was a, a normal thing in those days. Spiritual leaders and teachers would have people who came to them to be apprenticed and trained up and, uh, and learned from. They were called disciples. And uh, some of these guys were following John. And when they see Jesus, John points him out and he says, look, you see that guy, that is the Lamb of God. He says, behold, the Lamb of God. And in saying that, he's drawing on Old Testament language, Old Testament um, sacrificial language that the Lamb who would be sacrificed to take away sins. Maybe uh, Abraham's words, like God himself will provide the Lamb. So he's saying, this is the one, he's the one to follow. Now, that's pretty easy for John to do that, because these guys uh, have already said they want to follow him for spiritual guidance. They want to know 
what he knows about the ways of God. So that was an easy conversation for John to have. Maybe uh, we have conversations like that sometimes as well. Perhaps you've got friends or colleagues who, who know that you're a Christian. And so they say to you, hey, as a Christian, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about this. Could you explain this point to me? I once had someone say, uh, I know you work at a church, Tom. Can you tell me, why do you believe in God? Easy opportunity to share when we get asked those kind of questions. But John's word wasn't enough. These disciples needed to go and spend some time around Jesus themselves. They needed to uh, go on that journey, figure out for themselves who he was and what difference he could make for their lives. And that's an important thing, isn't it? When we think about our friends who we want them to meet Jesus, we might have a plan of how it will go, but they're going to need to take that journey for themselves in their own way, in their own time. We can uh, put them in a set and introduce them to things of Jesus, but they'll need to go on that journey. You know, I've known uh, people come into our church with um, kind of no prior knowledge or faith or belief and kind of some, somehow, some way uh, over time they say, actually, I believe now, I'm, uh, I'm ready. Like not, not kind of needing to push anyone, but people just exploring Jesus and finding him compelling. He is what he says he is. And so Andrew realized this guy, Jesus, he's the Messiah. He is the Christ. And so he needs to follow him. Well, Andrew has a brother. His brother is Simon Peter. And having come to this realization, uh, Andrew wants to share it with his brother and introduce his brother to Jesus. So with the knowledge that he's got, he, he's got a number of different strategies open to him. He could have gone quite direct and pretty much preached at Simon Peter, told him everything that he knew, give him kind of a verbal barrage. Or he could say, no, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to show him the same as what he's shown me. Uh, he could serve his brother and let his brother see the change in his life. And all of these are, are good strategies. These are the kind of things that we've been talking about on this series. But for this particular moment in time, none of them were quite the right strategy. Uh, actually, what Andrew did was exactly the right thing for this moment. It was invite his brother to Jesus so he could learn, he could see for himself the same things. Now these strategies, I think of them like uh, a tool belt. So all of them uh, are, are the right thing uh, at various moments. And part of the challenge is knowing which is the right tool for the right moment. And sometimes an invitation is exactly the right thing. And that was the case here. You know, I, I, I've been somewhere, I've discovered something, I've learned it for myself. I want you to have a piece of it as well. There's some advantages to doing this. It's actually a pretty easy thing for Andrew to do. Like, hey, guess what, bro? I, I met this guy today, you know, Jesus. I, th I think he's the Christ. Why don't you come and have a look? It's not a difficult conversation to get into. It's also a, a pretty easy conversation from Simon Peter's point of view. If he's interested, he can accept the invitation. If he's not interested, he can decline the invitation. You know, it's, it's not putting him on the spot in a particularly awkward way. An invitation also gives an opportunity for side-by-side -side learning. You know, sometimes when we're trying to uh, explain something to someone, we can create a kind of face-to-face, -face, almost confrontational situation where I'm saying one thing and I'm trying to persuade you to change your mind. But an invitation's a bit different. An invitation says, should we sit side-by-side? -side? Should we learn together? Should we discover? Should we go on this journey? 
you know we do an alpha course uh, at church and there'll be a talk and then people will discuss what they've heard now and one of the key things that um that we do with alpha that um is part of how it's run the person doing the talk won't be part of one of the table discussions why not because it gives the opportunity for people on the table uh, to say actually i didn't agree with that or i wasn't sure about that point uh, whereas if the speaker's there there might be a little bit more pressure learning side by side is an opportunity that comes with an invitation invitation also fits the rhythm of a friendship really well it's a natural thing to do you know uh, if you want to go and see a new film what do you do you, you invite your friends you say shall we go to the cinema together you hear about a new restaurant and you want to try it out you invite your mates along to it it's a normal thing to do so inviting someone to church or to an event or to something like that fits in with the rhythm of a friendship also an invitation uh, as people then connect with others it allows them to build a net of community you know uh, for myself uh, i've told you before at uni i had a guy in my flat who was a christian and he tried to share with me but one of the significant moments on the journey actually was when uh, i met some of his other christian friends and started to develop not just kind of one friendship into the faith but started to get to know a lot of people that was a really helpful thing for me so andrew invited his brother and simon peter came along he met with Jesus and his life was changed. You know, he, he discovered the same thing that Andrew had discovered. And actually, as we read through the New Testament, we see that he was a very significant figure. He was a leader in the church. He was an apostle. He was someone who did incredible things for the sake of the gospel. And Andrew's part in him coming to faith was both very small. It was just a, hey, why don't you come along with me? But also it was really big, wasn't it, in terms of the impact that it had? Well, that's the power of an invitation issued to the right person at the right time. Now, that's a story from the Bible. I want to also give you a story from today, a contemporary story about the power that an invitation can have. And so I've asked Emma to share for a little bit about the story of how she first became a Christian and how an invitation played a significant role in that. So I'm going to hand over to Emma now to, to tell that story. Hiya. Well, um, I, just, I, uh, I grew up in India, so I grew up around most of the world religions at various times. So before I became a Christian, I would have said, well, God probably exists, but I don't know. And yeah, I mean, I was fairly good at going along with whatever uh, my mother or um, those around me were into at the time. Um, I moved to London when to come to university and I got a job in a, at a outside catering. So that means like weddings and uh, things like that. And it was on one of these jobs where I met a rather outspoken young man called David Smith. And uh, yeah, we were at an event, I, believe, I think it was Wembley actually, where um, we were paired together. So we were stuck together for the whole of the event and we had uh, rather a lot of conversations about faith and about whether God existed and how you live your life. And yeah. Um, yeah. Cause a a waitering is a lot of waiting around. So there's this kind of discussion. Um, and uh, he, en we ended up, he said something, it was like a challenge. He said, uh, Emma, do you want to know, do you want to know God? And I, and I, and I answered, yes. And I thought that's a bit odd. Anyway, he said, Oh, come to church on Sunday. And I agreed, which I again thought, Emma, why did you agree to that? Anyway, but I'm one of those people. 
I'm one of those people that says, okay, I've agreed to do this, so I'm going to do it. So I rocked up on 10 a.m. at Mornington Crescent in Camden. And Dave met me at the station. He took me to church. Everyone was really friendly. Um, I couldn't tell you what the sermon was about. I can't, I can't tell you much else about the service. But in the second bit of worship, I felt God's love hit me. And it was amazing. I knew for without a shadow of a doubt that God A, existed. Um, and B, that he loved me. And I thought, I thought it was hilarious, to be very frank. I laughed a lot for about two weeks. I was like, God exists? Really? <laughs> and just... Yeah. Um, and after two weeks, I thought, oh, okay, I better figure out who Jesus is. <laughs> if, uh, you know, God exists and he loves me and, you know, uh, and that's, yeah, that's how I became a Christian. So I'll hand back over to Tom now. Thank you, Emma, for sharing that. And, you know, it's funny, kind of that story, because I, I know uh, the guy that Emma was talking about there who uh, she worked with, who uh, issued that invitation. And he is a bold, confident person. But also, he, he wasn't someone who was saying that to, to everyone that he met. He, he picked his moment well. I think there was something of, of God leading him to issue that invitation at that particular moment in time. Uh, one of the questions we might have when it comes to inviting people is actually who do we invite and when do we invite them and what do we invite them to and thinking about that just going back two or three weeks we had Hannah on here and she was sharing about how we kind of map out our contacts and she gave us a kind of chart that we could use so if you divide like a circle up into triangular sections each one of them could be a different sphere of your life so it could be your work colleagues, your neighbours, it could be your, your friends you grew up with, your people who you went to uni with, your family. And so you, you're compartmentalising the relationships that you've got and writing the names of people in those different segments. And then depending on how close you are to those people, uh, you write them closer or further away from the centre. So you might have your kind of inner core of just a few people you spend a lot of time with, uh, kind of right in the middle, and towards the outside people who you spend a lot less time with. And you know, it's easy to, on, on a sermon, uh, when Hannah did it, or, or now I'm explaining it to you, it's easy to listen to that. I and mean, actually, that's a good idea. Let me commend to you this. Do that exercise. Do that exercise, map out uh, the, the set of relationships you have, the people that you know. It'll be quite enlightening to see what names you write on there. And then for, for each of these people, uh, what we want to be doing is prayerfully considering how we can help that person come to know Jesus. And uh, as I said earlier, there's a toolbox of different things that we might use. So for some people, actually, uh, as you're doing this, you might be uh, realising that Probably the issue here is we don't know each other all that well. So maybe the, the first thing we were talking about together in mission, the meals together, is the right thing to do. Spend some time together, have some food together, laugh together, build that friendship. There might be other people on there who uh, it just strikes you. They've got some practical needs right now that you can help with, that you can serve them in that way. But for other people on there, it, it might strike you, actually, I think this person would be pretty receptive to an invitation. If I invited them to, along to something, I think they might come. And, and so that's a good person to issue an invitation to. Now, what could you invite someone to? Well, there's a variety of options. Now, an obvious one is Sunday church. So invite them to, to come to a church service with you. I mean, at the moment, doing church online 
it's pretty easy. They can stay at home. They can watch in their pajamas or whatever, can't they? Um, send them a link. And uh, more than just send them a link, they'll say like, hey, why don't we uh, watch it? But then let, let's have a chat afterwards. Let's call each other and talk about it. Or um, when kind of local lockdown restrictions ease a bit, maybe you meet up together and you watch it from the same home or something like that. And then when we're able to meet in person again, you could bring them along to a service and, and then take them for lunch after or something like that. Um, there's also an alpha course you could invite them to. We run alpha several times a year. The next one starts in November. It's designed really as a perfect thing for Christians to invite people who've got questions along to it. It goes through the basics of the Christian faith in, uh, in a discussion-based setting where people can uh, share where they're at, no pressure, uh, and discuss and explore and learn. Perhaps High Sundays are a particular um, entry point for people. So uh, there are certain Sundays in the year that are a little bit different, that stand out from the normal calendar. So a carol service would be a good example, or Good Friday or something like that, where there's a particular focus and, um, and there's a, a context maybe for the invitation. You know, I know uh, people who've come into church uh, for the first time on a carol service who've then uh, stuck around and become part of the church because they've been invited to a carol service, they've liked it and they've wanted to come back. Or you might invite someone to a social. You know, I remember uh, a few years ago, I was working with someone and, um, you know, I, I thought this person um, might be up for uh, an invitation, but probably wouldn't accept an invitation to church at this stage. But uh, my community group was doing a social that week where uh, we were doing salsa lessons. And I thought, hey, this could be a fun thing to invite my work colleague to. So I did. And they came along. And then a few weeks later, they came along to church because I uh, come into the social, having a good time, but also meeting some other people. And actually, I get on with these people. This is a fun crowd to be part of. Meant that when I did make the invitation, to church it was a lot easier to accept because hey I, I know those people will be there I think it'll be a, a fun safe place to go along to so inviting people uh, could be a variety of different things it could just be inviting people to to hang out with you and a few other Christian friends as a good first step there's a guy called Michael Harvey who a few years ago he had an idea uh, called back to church Sunday uh, and in this idea, he was encouraging different churches to sign up to take one Sunday a year where they talked about this issue of invitation and, and to try and invite people in their communities to come back to church. Uh, and Michael Harvey did a, a talk about it. And um, he said that in his experience, when he's uh, tried to encourage people to invite their friends to different things, he says on average, seven out of 10 people who he um, talks to have some name come to mind, have an individual, have a friend, have a neighbour, have a colleague, pop to mind as a, oh, well, here's a person who I could invite along. But then his survey says out of the people who had a name, only 20% of them actually go ahead and issue the invitation. The other 80% don't. And he was digging into it and he was trying to find out what the reason was why so many have this name come to mind and don't follow through. And overwhelmingly, the most common response was that it's fear. It's that those people were scared to invite their friend along. Now, there's a variety of reasons why we might be scared. One might be actually um, the invitation isn't the right thing for the moment. It's a different tool from the toolbox. So we're kind of rightly thinking, actually, I'm not sure an invitation would go too well right now. 
well in that case what would you know would would it be serving them would it be sharing a story with them different things might be right for different moments but actually a lot of the time it's not that a lot of the time it is a person for whom an invitation would be exactly the right thing and yet still we can be scared can't we we can be scared because we're putting ourselves on the line we can be scared what will happen if they don't want to come we can be scared what will happen if they do want to come and they come along with us we can be worried about it but you know what i've never had an invitation when i've issued one go badly you know sometimes people have said yeah i'd love to come along and sometimes people say well thanks for, for thinking of me it's not for me right now but no harm done i mean going back to the start i was telling you about when george invited me to go rock climbing with him i guess there were two things that could have happened i could have said to him yeah that sounds great or I could have said, actually, I don't fancy rock climbing, but it wouldn't make me hate him or not want to be friends with him or anything like that, would it? Yeah, sometimes when it comes to an invitation to church, we can kind of over-egg the amount of worry we should have about it. Most people are pleased and honoured to be invited along to things that are important to us, even if they decide not to come in the end. So if you're listening to this, I wonder, perhaps a name has jumped to your mind. Perhaps a, a, an individual, perhaps someone uh, in your network of relationships has come to mind. Actually, I do think this person might be pretty warm and pretty receptive to accepting an invitation. Let me finish before I hand over to Colin then by praying for you and praying for the boldness for you to invite that person along and not to give in to the fear. Lord, I pray for all of the names that are in people's minds as they listen to this. God, I pray that for each of us, you give us the opportunity to make an invitation, the boldness to do it, Lord. And God, I pray that many of those invitations are accepted and that these people we're thinking of, well, just like Simon Peter did when Andrew invited him, will meet with you, Lord Jesus, and have their lives changed. Amen.